Hello and welcome to another episode of the Crazy Waffle Podcast. Today on the show we've got a special one, we've got the return of Dan Layden, Irish illustrator Dan Layden. Um, yeah, fantastic guy, someone I've looked up to for a long time. Uh, I've got his book, it's, it's, his work's amazing, especially in the football creative scene, he's a highly respected illustrator. Uh, and today we're having a massive conversation, uh, it's a big discussion around a controversial topic that uh, I think one that will be juicy, uh, one that will hopefully stir a few thoughts from, from people that are listening. And yeah, it's all about working for free, should you ever work for free? And if you are having some thoughts about this whilst we talk, whilst we have the conversation, please leave a comment down below on the YouTube um, comment section, the YouTube comment section, or share around on social media, or message us uh, on social media, or, or start, a, start a rant on Twitter. Um, but yeah, uh, really would appreciate any, any comments or, or people, other people getting involved in the conversation on this one. Um, we've also got a blog version of this, which is linked in the description of the podcast. And yeah, that's it. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy the show. Cheers, mate. Welcome back. <laughs> Happy to be back. Um, yeah, so people who haven't checked out the first episode with yourself, uh, it's all about your story, or sort of how you get into it. You give a lot of illustration tips and how you how you create your illustrations. That's really good. Also, your book as well. You, you create a new book as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, it's nearly uh, finished now. Um, I've been at that for like two months. I actually um, I went through all the work from the last eight nine years. And I've got enough work for 18 separate books. Wow. <laughs> like all the little series. So um, I picked out, like I wouldn't do them all, but I've picked out like four that might be solid. You know what I mean? So I've got the first one laid out. That's actually ready to send to the printer. But uh, oh, you know what it's like when you've got work on and you're kind of doing this and that. So um, yeah, hopefully I can get that off and get that uh, made soon enough. But uh, yeah. the first one went okay as well, actually. Yeah, so it was fun. It was, it was a good learning experience. Like. If you've got any copies left, can people still pick it up somewhere? Uh, yeah, I think I've got maybe 40-odd copies left, and they're on my site, which is Low Culture FC. So, uh, it's yeah, it's there, and hopefully the new book will be there soon as well, and that'll be a bit cheaper. It's a smaller book. It's not as big as the other one, because the other one turned out to, like, a phone book with a really good cover and stuff, you know what I mean? So, uh, um, somewhere. Was oh, no <laughs> yeah, it was pretty... so many books. Yeah, yeah, it was hard to send. It was like a big, heavy book, like. But uh, there is a lot in it, though, and it's good quality. But uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, when you're making something like that on your own, the price really it passes on to the person that's buying it too. So I'm trying to learn from that and make the next one a bit more like the Mifa book, actually, mm. like that, like a little more hand, like handier for travel or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's nice. Mm. I would always get really uh, OCD about that though, like having different books, different sizes. I know, yeah, yeah. You have to make like a smaller, like a pocket version of your current one as well, like just to fit it around. Yeah. <laughs> um, right, yeah. So the topic of today's podcast is: uh, Should you ever work for free? Uh, and this stemmed from uh, the holy. <laughs> uh, this stemmed from the holy grail of places where debates come from: uh, Twitter. Uh, yeah, we had, a, we had a good conversation on Twitter. Like, Dan Hardman got involved. You had uh, Scott McRoy in there for a little bit. Uh, yeah. Yourself, yourself was a big, big player in there. Um, yeah. So uh, <laughs> I know you're going to say no to a lot of this, but I've got a couple of a uh, couple of sort of times where it's, it's impacted me and it's helped me. And um, yeah, a bit of devil's advocate as well. So I mean, it's just sort of giving advice to people um, out there, especially the young youngsters that listen to the podcast. Oh yeah, Mark, like, but I just want to say, like, I'm happy to hear the other view as well, like, because, yeah. like, I might learn something and see you change it, you know what I mean, like, that's why Twitter can be a bit 
cutting and dry. Like you don't really get the over and back and you don't really get each other's point and you don't learn the stuff you might learn in a normal conversation. So I'd say there'll be a lot more in this, like where we'll both be able to take away a bit, hopefully. Yeah, hundred percent. That's why I wanted to do it on a podcast because, yeah. like, uh, I think Dan said it on uh, Dan Hardman said it on uh, Twitter. He said, "Yeah, you just don't get the uh, you just don't get people's like, way of talking. You don't know how it's coming off. Mm-hmm. Everything seems like it's arguments and shouting. Oh, it yeah. doesn't come across like that." <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. So, uh, I think, where do you want to start? I guess uh, should I just throw one out there and see yeah, what you should we see where it goes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I've got a list of points. So, I mean, do you have any? Do you have a list as well? Like just to counteract. I've got, and... a, I've got a vague list of stuff that I've picked up because I can only speak from what I've experienced. So, mm. just little bits like how I started, how I moved on from the first phase. You know what I mean? That that yeah. type of thing. But uh, I'm happy to hear yours, and we can go over and back if you want. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, the first, I mean, the first example for me would be working in a design studio for just straight out of college so it would have been sort of 17 maybe 18 i would have been i uh, did a couple of internships did a two-week internship in london for a, for a big company which maybe should have paid me but um the, the next one was six months in a design studio I'm, I'm pretty much unpaid uh just just learning what they do and being in a studio environment um and i, and I sat next to a designer i learned so much from them and i think it really really helped me and even to the point where later down the line where I didn't think about this at the time later down the line I think it's helped me on my CV as well because the longest time I've actually been in a design studio and that must have helped me get this this new job uh, and just knowing that I can be in a design studio setting uh, for six months is quite a long time so yeah I, yeah, I think it's helped me in, in a way of especially getting my first step in the door um, I think it's built a bit of trust on my CV you would, yeah yeah, like I like I wouldn't be arguing that it's not helpful. Like I'd say you learn so much and it's it's priceless really. Like that is really good. But I'm saying just my point is that I think if people are in and they're helping out in a business in any way, that business is making money. You are there helping. Like if you know, I can understand if you're somewhere for two weeks and you're shadowing someone maybe and you're not actually carrying out work for them, fair enough, then you are learning for that time and you're not there for an extended period so maybe maybe they aren't able to pay you because you're not carrying out work but let's say you're somewhere for six months and you are adding value to the business you're easing someone else's workload you know like even if you're just getting tea for people you're still there you're still part of the team you're still you know i just think you should be getting something for that because that business is making money Mm. you know what i mean so there should be a trickle down somewhere like there should be some reward because um i don't know i just think it's it's basically in a way like you're both taking advantage of each other because you're they're learning and you're getting that for your cv the six months but they're also getting someone in there who's helping they wouldn't have taken you on unless you showed promise you know what i mean so you have value to them so you mm-hmm. obviously have talent because you've just landed a massive job so you were valuable to them and they could mm. see that early on and they could see that you're a hard worker and everything and you've got a good attitude so you're bringing value to their business that's all I'm, I'm arguing for that that you shouldn't be getting paid the same as the senior guy in the office or whatever but like minimum wage anyways you know that's all that's all i would always argue that everyone has value like no one is there for free that's all i'd say i'd, I'd always push for it too and i, I think from what i've learned you know, okay, I've been doing this since I was in college, so 
maybe 11 years. That's, that's my experience. And it's not massive, but it's more than when I started out. And the most important thing you can have is a brass neck and stand up for yourself. I always think that and come back and say no, because people will instantly respect you more. And it works for haggling prices, uh, just taking care of yourself. Like I think it, you know, it comes over from life. Like if you're walking down the street and someone kind of bumps into you and tries to start a fight or whatever, like you need to be able to like push back. But I think you need to be able to push back in every arena, not in an aggressive way, but just in like, I have this space that I need to be respected in. And I think that's how that shows in a job like that, where you should be getting something. Like I understand the one where you're there for two weeks and maybe you're just shadowing someone. Yeah, that's, fine and you're kind of learning the ropes or whatever but if you're bringing value to a business and they're making money you know you are adding to their pie or whatever and you should get like a little slice of the pie back like something Mm -hmm. you know just just to live because you need to live (laughs) well yeah and it so i did get some money at the end of it which was uh only because i helped out on a project an actual life project um i I did an illustration for big printing company i did an illustration of a printer um Mm -hmm. And, and they, they got used in the project, which I thought was cool uh, at the Wait. time. But but I still think, I mean, it definitely wasn't it definitely wasn't six months before I hate it. It was like, it's like yeah, half, yeah. Or half a, a week. <laughs> like um, even still, like for, for a for a person coming straight out of college, this is this was like, oh wow, I'm actually in a design studio. This is like this is this is it. I'm I'm working. I'm, I'm an actual professional designer. Yeah. Um, and I, and I know I can totally see your argument, and I do hope that design studios do pay people. But if it doesn't, then I think it's such a huge, for me, it was such a huge um, benefit at the time that that I I was happy with it. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Like, I can see all the benefit, but I'm just saying, like, in in a perfect world, and I think what people could strive for would be, obviously, it's nice to get paid. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. sure. Yeah, it is. Uh, But how, how do you figure that out before, like, because <laughs> uh, I just knocked on the door and said I, I had a little pack that I built up and I was giving out to studios local but um, I knocked on the door and I said that if, if, if you take me in that'd be great and that's probably where they thought okay we're not going to have to pay this guy because he's, yeah. he's asking can can, yeah. uh, can I come live there for a couple of months <laughs> okay yeah um, I think it's hard to build up that brass neck I suppose where you ask for stuff and you like I've had part-time work since I was like 12. So I always had jobs and... Is that legal? I, no, no, no. <laughs> like I had like low, I had loads of jobs. <laughs> but I always used to ask for raises just for practice. <laughs> just to get practice of just asking stuff that you're not meant to because you're not meant to really ask that. So I used to be like psyching myself up going, I'm going to ask for a raise today. And I just asked for a raise and they'd be like, no. <laughs> But at least I'd have the, I don't know, it gets easier every time. I think if you have a high value of yourself, it translates to everything that you approach. So I just got, I tried to get used to like having that brass neck and pushing for a fair fee on a job or like fair time. You know what I mean? Just to make, it's just to acquire better terms for yourself on everything you get involved in, I think. But um. Yeah, that's how I would have started that. But like, I'll talk you through my first job. Mm. So, okay, I did artwork for a football book. And like, okay, massive. It was really, uh, it was like, 
when it came in, I was going, oh my God, yes, this is massive. I finally have, a, you know, I finally have a job. I'm going to get paid. Because it was a proper book, proper illustrations. Everything about it's professional. So I went to the meeting and wore a suit, <laughs> like a rarity, <laughs> brought the portfolio, everything. And, you know, I thought, this is massive. This is going to be good. Then I emailed after going, oh, we never sorted the fee out. I just thought we were hashing out if I was on the project and if I wanted to do it. And they said, oh, your fee comes in the exposure. So I didn't email back that day because I don't know. I don't like emailing when you're like at a high pitch of emotion or whatever. You know what I mean? Just let it go. Yeah, that down. makes sense. That makes sense to yeah. leave it there, yeah. So I got advice off someone I knew who uh, runs their own business and they're used to like dealing with solicitors and, you know, the over and back of that type of world. So I got their advice and uh, obviously if you're doing that work, you should be getting paid. So I went back and it turned out that I could keep the copyright of every illustration in the book. So then I set up a print shop and they put the ad for the print shop in the book. Mm -hmm. So I opened the print shop and I started making a lot of money off it. And then actually further down the line, I got a, uh, royalty fee for when they sold the book to another region so i got a big chunk of money there but still i was like i was enraged <laughs> with that first email i was like no i need to get paid like i know it's a big chance but um i knew i had to do it at the same time so i can see the value of doing something early on but i i, I did try to protect myself on a few fronts to try and make sure money had come my way so any money I made from the print shop, I still don't see that as getting paid for the book. <laughs> I should have got paid for the book. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Um, it still, it was, a, it was a great chance. It was very good in other ways. But I only did it because it was the first job. That's so, what I'm talking about here. So like with the whole the whole Twitter thing we had was my point and what made me... So this originally came from the last podcast we did with, um, with Adam Southwell. Uh, and we both agreed that you know, doing work at the start of your career for free to build up, build up a portfolio or to, to some, maybe lead somewhere. It might help you. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't say everyone should be doing free work like, like, like Dan took it out of context. But yeah, so yeah, it, it's like, like that. Like it, it can help lead to other directions is what we were, we were trying to say. Um, yeah. And in your case, that's, that's led to a print shop, which is successful. And that, that's like, is there any other examples of, of where you, sh you sh that can lead to other things like when is exposure okay when is things like that um, okay right <laughs> from that day i said i would never do work for free again and i <laughs> never and i never did right <laughs> ever like that's fine and like you can't set out rules for other people i can't be going oh don't don't do that don't work for free at the start but the print shop like i had my own work in there too like so i could have done that on you know i could have started that and yeah. I had already. It's just that I had from the book. But um, so let's say we'll classify that job as the first big job where I was like, oh, my God, I've got work. I've got professional work. So then about eight months later, we actually chatted about this on the pod last time, where my last night of part-time work in the slot machine place the next morning I had the email from Nike to do mm. the social media campaign. So that job, I was like, I am not doing anything here 
for no money. I am getting paid for this. So I reached out to Stanley Chow and he put me in touch with an agent he used to have. And I paid her 250 sterling to do up a quote for me. And I would use her to hash out the price with Nike. So she feeds me my lines. She will read the email. She feeds me my lines. I put out my own email and send it back to them. So she haggled the price for me. And that was the first job I got. And I got paid for that job, 10 grand for two weeks worth. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So from, from that, like, uh, going, no, I am not settling for nothing here. And I got that agent. It cost me 250 pounds. And I got paid 10 grand. I would have charged them 800 euros. I didn't know anything about, like, usage rights or production fee and how it goes together. So that's, you know, like, that's why I'm saying what I mean when I say never work for free is like client work, never work for free causes, you know, things that are close to your heart, like a charity in your hometown, your local football club, your mom needs a business card. Yeah. I'll, I'll do all that for free. But I'm saying for those corporations that make five grand a second, like I'm charging because I need to make a living. Like, you know what I mean? I just, I would never do those jobs for free ever, ever. Even if, I don't know who's the who's the like most who's the coolest client you could get. I don't know like who like. Yeah, I mean it has to be like yeah, it's got to be a Nike or an Apple. Okay. Or... Okay, so let's say Nike came to me in the morning and they're like, "We need you to do illustrations, and we'll tweet your name, and we'll fly you out to meet Neymar, and, we, and you're not getting paid." I'd be like, "See you later. <laughs> no, no thanks." Uh, <laughs> yes, like. I think this is this is interesting because it comes down to different parts of your person's career as well. Because from I mean maybe not Neymar but maybe Ronaldo or someone. But <laughs> <laughs> Mbappe twenty twenty is happening. Um, no, uh, like for me that that that's like that's such a huge. That I mean obviously it's not going to happen, but it's such a huge um, thing that I'd probably do it. Like, I, I'm comfortable enough. I'm not going to die if I don't do the project. Yeah, yeah, fair uh, enough. If I don't get paid for it, I'm I'm going to survive. Uh, yeah. So do do you think do you? Th- I mean, obviously you're you're very much no because it's a big corporation and that makes so much sense. But um, do you think there's ever a time where, if for a big company like that, it, it can be valuable? Even like Vans, like, because I know Vans use a lot of uh, illustrators, uh, lot of creative people, or I don't know. Was it ever? Is there ever a time where it's good to to do work for a company that's going to give you enough value? Well, like I see value as just money in my bank account. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like the way I look at it is, they're all dealing in this currency. Yeah. Money, but the currency they want to pay me in is exposure. Let's say, in this hypothetical situation. Mm-hmm. So then, if I turn around and go to my bank manager. <laughs> And I pay an exposure. He'd laugh me out of the bank. He'd be like, oh, Dan, that's hilarious. Like, I'm just saying there's, you know, that there's loads of those Twitter accounts that uh, run on people turning down free work really snarky. Like, you know, those things um, yeah. for, for, for exposure, is it? You know, is, I think that's the name of the Twitter account. You know, so they'll screenshot emails where people are writing back to some crazy thing. Yeah, crazy brief. So the one that always comes up is like, would you walk into a takeaway and order a meal and ask to pay an exposure? They'd just look at you like, well, like you're, yeah. you're, you're crazy. But when it comes to, crea- to creative work, the bar seems to be just lower. I don't know why, you know, because people think you do it because you're just in love with it. And like, I do love my job, but 
I'm sure there's I'm sure there's dentists that love their job, but like they're getting paid. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just don't get why there's this gap where you've got your tradesmen, your professionals, like your scientists, let's say, your, you know, all these jobs. But when it comes to creative work, it's like the bar is down here for people getting paid. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. that's my query or just my I'm wondering that. Like I don't know why. I, I totally get that, but I'm also like if, if Swansea City came to me and said, Look, we're not gonna be we're not gonna have, we're, gonna have a, we're not gonna pay you, but I really want you to do a social media campaign for us. I'm gonna be pissed off that they're not gonna pay me, but I'm still gonna do the work because it's such a cool opportunity. Well can I can I say to you though, let's say right this is all hypothetical, isn't it, though? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect storm situations. Okay, Mark, let's see. <laughs> so let's say Swansea came to you with, with that, and they need you to do a social media campaign. Same day, you get another email from a normal company that need, let's say, the same amount of work, but they're going to pay you. Mm. So you need six illustrations for Swansea. You need six illustrations for a local recruitment company that need six, six things. They're going to pay you... 500 sterling per illustration Swansea aren't going to put Swansea who are in the Premier League a while ago aren't going to pay it like I would go straight away with the paying clients honestly because I go like Swansea are paying whoever plays for them now like they're paying their wages they're paying the ground staff they're paying the, you. they're yeah. paying yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah you know like you know like it's like that video that I sent you the minute long clip on YouTube of your man talking about being a writer and he's saying Everyone else is getting paid in this circle, except the designer or the person that makes the creative work. I just yeah. think you fight back against it. And yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I mean, that's a great. Yeah, I definitely probably would. Definitely probably would. That makes sense. Uh, I <laughs> probably would uh, go back to them and say, "Look, what's happening with the money?" Then, but mm. even if, if I said no after that, I'd, I, it's such a cool opportunity. Would you want to just say no? And then it does teach them a lesson if you do. But uh, you've missed out on such a cool project. Yeah, but is it a cool project? Like, I always look at it and go, if they're not willing to pay you, how good is the project going to be? Right. You know, you right. know they're, they're not approaching that side of it. That is a valid side of the job that needs to be set up and evaluated. And there's a lack of respect, too, if someone comes to you with that. Mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, like, there's a few things that you, you might have been contacted. Uh, sometimes there's, like, magazines getting made, and the people making them will contact everyone on Twitter that does football illustration and they'll say, oh, we're doing up an annual and we need artwork from everyone, but we can't pay you. So like, I've got that email off someone twice, I think for the same crowd. So I just always go, no, can't work for free. Sorry. But they always have in the email where I've got it written down. Uh, oh yeah, we'll be in a position to pay when we manage to get on our feet. So you always hear this line. I was like, I've never seen this happen <laughs> where they come back and they're like, do you remember the free work you did for us two years ago? Well, here's your money. <laughs> do you know, I, I just see those emails and I just, I nearly have a copy and paste thing. Thank you for your interest. Obviously I can't work for free. Best of luck, Dan. Like I just, I don't even give them time because uh, they, they never come to fruition. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, it does. It does make a lot of sense. I have a funny one there. It, it'd be like you starting out, <laughs> you going to a company and saying, I can't provide you with design work, but I'd like to get paid. And when I'm on my feet, I'll come back and do some work for you. Do you think they'd agree to that? <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. I, I, I'll be honest. I'm t I am on this. Uh, I, I'm on this where I'm needing to, 
do more paid work. I need, I need to say no to a lot of people that um, that are, you know that are coming to me, or like even lower league football clubs where I'm doing work. It's like yeah, I'm doing it pretty much for free, and I know I shouldn't be, but helping someone out and like local local clubs and stuff like that. It's like that argument again. So just just go over again that the stuff you would like, help people out with. Oh yeah, okay. Let's say charities. Oh yes, like if it's something close to your heart. Always, yeah, I would always do that. Like I do the thing with the football posters where uh, I'll send out, uh, you know, I'll put out that image where if someone knows a kid that needs a boost, maybe, like I just send them a load of free free football posters. So I'll do that a few times a year. Um, if there's specific charity stuff and they need something, I'll happily do it. If it's for your local football team or like, there's always local stuff, like there's a 5K run on and they're raising money for the hospice or you know that type of thing like i'll happily make a poster for that mm. because it's 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 nice and it's local and it's a charity so the point isn't for me to be getting paid it's to help out so that's my contribution to the charity but that's my choice that's like making a charity donation it's you know what i mean like i don't count a professional football club as a charity you know like they're happy to get paid by sky and sky are like railroading everyone for the money they pay for the channels you know, and usually if, if you think about it, the person offering you the job on the other end of the email or that you're talking to, do you think they're getting paid? Mm. Yeah. You know, 100%. I just think like, why is it stopping with me just before my pocket? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's, that's why like client work, things, things that turn a profit, they're using your work to enhance what they sell. You should be paid to provide that service because uh, like, I think we were chatting to Dan when he was on Twitter and he said that he wouldn't feel right charging a company, like he wouldn't feel right sending in an invoice for a large amount of money because he's still a student. Mm. But the whole point of that is it's not the value to you. It's the value to the customer that wants to buy it because it has a different value to them. Like, let's say I came up with a social media campaign for Nike just sitting in my room there's no value to me. Value is to Nike. So that has the same value, whether he's a student or he's been working 10 years. If he has solved their problem, he should get that money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way I kind of look at it. Um, yeah, it's not the value to you. It's the value to them, which is the nature of selling things. Because, like, if you're selling hot dogs and you buy 100 hot dogs for $0.05 cent each, you're not going to sell them to the customer for $0.05 because they want you know, they want you to make it and put the ketchup on and whatever. There's more value in what you're doing to pass it on to people. And I suppose that's just how business works. But, um, mm. like, I've learned that over the years. Like, you know, it's the one thing I always say is it's so good to reach out and get advice off people that, like, have way more experience. Like, just, <laughs> they just know so much more from the first word in the email and you're just learning. It's yeah. so it's the best way. Just I'm always reaching out to people. Like they don't always email back, but I'm just, hey, how are you? That was cool what you did. Yeah, you know they might get back in, and then you can learn something. But they might not. They're probably busy. But it's a good way to operate. I think. Yeah, and something that's becoming apparent is is the different level of clients that you you know you shouldn't do work for. As you as you get a bigger client, you definitely should be charging more. And like you say the value. So it's I I, mean, I know students that have have done work for huge 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 corporations like New Balance and Liverpool and. Everton. Um, Everton. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Um, no, but seriously, yeah, it's like you did some really cool work for them. Um, I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> says the guy with the clock uh, illustration behind him. Just want to make that clear for the audio only listeners. He's, he's a Liverpool fan. But um, if you're not into football, that's a football joke. Uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, so he he, you know, he had no idea about you know, charging how much and what, and I didn't realise you could get so much more for charging, um, for, sorry for for like say structuring the email properly or uh, going to a natural illustrator that had done similar work, um, and then asking how you know, how much I charged and getting advice and I think that's a huge one for students because a lot of big companies can take advantage of students. When I agree, I agree that you shouldn't be doing free work for for Nike really. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you think about it logically, it doesn't make sense because um, they can pay people. Well, um, the questions about sweatshops, but yeah, it's just, just yeah. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out my own brain because uh, if that opportunity came around and, and you know you, you don't want to leave it, let it go, but then you got to start. Yeah, because standing up for yourself is huge. I think uh, I think that's something that youngsters should should be um, should be doing more. Mm. and realizing the value so how, how do you know, how do you value your own design and how do you value your own work especially as a youngster as a student like how, oh, how do you get my god like it's so hard because i think anyone that's in the position we're in where they're doing this as a job by your own nature you're hard on yourself you know what i mean like mm. i am i'm really like oh my god like i'm so hard on myself like i know people say it's hard to read the comments when you put your work online you know what i mean but like i'll go there for a break because i'm tougher than that when you get these mean comments they're just funny to me because i'm just really hard myself so it's it is tough to uh, make the distinction between what i view the work as and where it sits in the scale of what i want to achieve so let's say i draw someone's face and the line work isn't up to scratch and i'm going the colors don't pop as much as i'd like I have to put that to the side and then look at the other side and go, this has value to the client. Obviously someone thinks this is good. This has value. I need to charge for that value. Because if you like, I always think you line up a thousand people, how many people can make football art in those thousand people? You just take a random thousand people from the population. Like maybe one, I don't know. You might even get someone that is, that is into it, that knows Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator, has taken the time to learn the skills and then take what's in their head, filter it through the programs and meet a brief. That's a rare skill. So there should be financial reward in uh, proportion to that, I think, because it obviously has a lot of value online. Um, the Liverpool project that I'm in seems to always generate a lot of interest from people, more than just photos. Mm -hmm. Like there, there's an extra level to it. So there is value in the work, but that's a struggle I find. And there's, there's loads of struggles being freelance and being an artist is constant, but to separate your own, your own disappointment in your work with how your work can be viewed by people that need it. That's, that's important to figure because you need to, you need to charge for it. Um, well, I suppose you just learn that as you, as you go. And that's why it's good to have a network, I suppose, to chat to people and see what they're getting paid. And like you're in a really good position. You meet more creative people than anyone I know, probably. You're always doing chatting and meeting people. So if, yeah. if you've really got that massive network there that you can just you can reach out to all those people and ask for advice, that's brilliant. 
Yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely something that's helped me hugely. Um, much more than I can thank everyone for as well. Uh, I just think about it, like, I mean, even even for this new job, like people are probably they probably thought oh, he knows everyone in the industry pretty much, like for for sports design. That's something I made clear in the interview as well. Like I knew that um, I knew that Dave Flanagan was doing Ars- like work for for Arsenal. I knew that uh, that, that he, he had done stuff, and I, I made sure that they knew that I knew it, sort of thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably a bit cheeky, but like no, though that that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, the most important thing is who you know. Right, you be the best. Like if you, like if you don't have the connections. What's the point? That's, that's so important. And that's probably like that's probably helped me get the job as well. That's another part of it. It's just all these different layers and bricks in, in the world that's helped me get the job. But like yeah, the networking for, for students, I think that's one of the biggest things you can do. Uh, I know this is coming on to different advice now, but for, for yeah, if you're a student, build up a network. Like that's that's the biggest thing I do. I spend the three years outside of university doing that rather than going to university and it's helped me massively. I've literally just got my dream job. So yeah, just just definitely do that. Um, definitely build up a network. Uh, so, uh, yeah, what like what I'd say is that um, that's that's really important because you always hear this that like you learn more in your first six months out of college or out of university than you learned in the four years of university. So yeah. you, yeah, I I think you're learning how to survive and you're seeing how the industry works. So what's what's more valuable? You can always learn the theory, and as I was chatting to Stanley Stanley Chow once. I was going, oh, I wonder, is it worth going back to college and learning illustration properly and learning everything about it? And he was saying, like, if you think your favorite musician, they probably didn't study music. You know, so you can put a lot of structure on it, but I, I think it is just passion and following your gut mm-hmm. at the end of the day with that. But I think everyone finds their own way as well. Yeah, 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 agreed. I think mm-hmm. if, you're, yeah, if, you're, if you're passionate enough about it, you'll, you know, you'll do outside of university as well. And, you will make the time to put up the connections that you need to get to the next level sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so what we're going to try to refit the list now. I've got charity work done that. Uh, big companies taking advantage of you. Yeah, they do. <laughs> also, yeah. So like these competitions, this is another one for, for young designers. Like the competitions that people put on, uh, like the James Bond one. This one annoyed me a little bit and I didn't enter it in the end, but the, the, you know, the James Bond. Sorry? I think, um, I sent in an entry to that, just like a little it joke. On. Like, oh. No, it was a joke one. It was like a protest. I did it in paint of Bond shooting bullets. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I was hoping it'd go viral and I'd be like, oh, wow, this is brilliant. But I got like 20 likes, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, go on. Anyways. But yeah, so those competitions were a big company, like uh, even Watford Football Club, if you're talking about football specifically, they did uh, the, you know, the new new logo design. And I, I entered it and, um, and the winner was pretty good. Uh, uh, Marcus uh, Daly and uh, Brian, I think it is. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, yeah. What do you think of those sort of competitions? And what do you think of big companies using creative scene like that and just trying to get as many? Because from their point of view, from my my mind, from their point of view, it makes sense. But obviously, from creative point of view, it's it's a bit different. I don't know. Does it like? Yeah, I think they're kind of getting it wrong because it's such a specific thing, isn't it? Like a crest for a club. Let's say that if you think of all the hours that were spent across everyone that entered that competition, how many hours of labor did they just get without paying for it? Like, let's say a hundred people did it and they spent 10 hours each, you know, that's a lot. So yeah. well, it's four thousand entries. So like, everyone oh, at, least, yeah, yeah. at least that's the Watford one. So at least, at least three hours work on it, I guess. Yeah. Wow. Like, um, I think people like that are missing the point because if you ever, 
like when you are lucky enough to get proper jobs, I suppose, that aren't that type of contest, the brief and everything, there's so much thought put into the brief, the people know that they have to pass it on to someone that knows what they're doing. So like when you see those competitions, it's like fishing, I suppose, just <laughs> like casting out and hoping you reel in the perfect solution for your problem. You know, mm -hmm. uh, it's just kind of scattershot. It, it speaks to me like uh, an unprofessional approach, but also like the Watford one is weird because they're going to be stuck with that logo now for a while, like 30 years, on, you know, until they change it again. But the Bond one, I can see, that's just an ad. And I'd say they're kind of putting that out there, hoping that it causes a fuss. Mm. Because it's more, it's more adverts for the film. People know mm -hmm. about the film. Like, it's in your head. Bond, Bond, there's a new film coming out. That's all. I'd say that's all they care, really. Because social media, like, scrolls so fast that all things need is a hook to catch in your mind. Like, some visual shorthand that you can just, see their ad their product and like i like you see it a lot where sports brands media companies will put out tweets with a built-in argument for people to have in the comments you know and it generates the engagement you remember we were talking about the roma tweet that was just all letters and blah remember that yeah. it's, it's the same thing it's like what's yeah. where's the value like where's the value in that like i know it's just numbers doing numbers for social media but uh yeah I, I just i just don't really get it like i don't but I, yeah coming back to the contests i'd say most of them are just a publicity stunt I, i'd say but um yeah i wouldn't agree with them either but like when i was on deviantart when i was still in college like i was entering all those things like there was a come up with your own concept car come up with this and that so I, I was trying then but like I didn't see myself as a, as a professional I was like in second year before your course so that's when I was entering then. So is there like a, is there a stage of, of your design career where you say okay this is it now I'm, I'm professional I don't need to do any of this stuff anymore I can get work from my other paid work? Yeah I think you have to that's all up to you and you can do it whenever you want. I always cringe when I see uh, people that have aspiring in their profile mm -hmm. you know what i mean they're not they're they don't see themselves as fully fledged so that must like lower your chances of getting work mm -hmm. you know i i just think you know like fake it till you make it like when i'm taking calls off companies i'm sitting here going oh no i have to talk to that agency in london later oh <laughs> and i don't know like i just assume they're in like some fancy building and i'm in my office just chance in my arm that's what i feel like but you can't put that out like like you know like you i don't know like i think that's just human that i always think oh a big job's coming in i hope i can do it but i'm obviously well confident that i can because i'll always take the call i'll always say yes i'm able to do this i think it's human nature to kind of have a bit of self-doubt but the fake it till you make it thing is great because i've gone from getting those jobs now and again to more often and uh, I still have doubts about my work now and again but uh, I think the earlier you decide you're a professional illustrator you know whatever you want that gives you a stamp of approval and you approach jobs in that way then I think it just makes more sense you know you, you're only here for a while like you might as well kind of back yourself mm. 
Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that youngsters of, of youngsters, young people, young illustrators and creatives struggle with is, is that self-confidence, especially in their own work. And I've, I've struggled with it and I've actually found, I actually found unfollowing a lot of, um, a lot of people on social media helpful. Uh, uh, and and my, I've made my social media just focused on sports design and football and, and UFC now. Um, so I've focused it really, really niche. And so I'm not looking at this huge net of, of creatives that have got amazing work. I'm looking at a specific industry that I want to work in. Um, and obviously it's amazing work as well, but like, it's so specific that I can pull different things from your work and pull different things from the other Dave's works and, and just like try and create something of my own. Um, like it's really... Yeah, it's really, really helped me actually um, in that self-confidence sort of side of it. And I think it's improved my work as well. Uh, just that putting more hours into it and, and just seeing just seeing sports illustration design rather than everything being so specific with, with what I need to be doing. But um, yeah, the self, yeah, self-confidence, I think it's it's a tricky, it's almost like a catch-22. Like you need to get work and experience with clients, but you, know, you don't feel confident enough to ask for the money sort of side of it. Yeah, that's why it's... Uh... That's why it's important to have people to reach out to that know about pricing because I found people haggle over <laughs> if you're sending an invoice for 250 people are much, much, much more likely to argue and haggle a 250 euro or pound invoice than nine grand. People just don't haggle larger numbers. They're like, yeah, okay, that's good. Even when people are buying houses, people go up in like five grand. <laughs> it's like people it's just just the more the money goes, people just lose a bit of self control or something. And it's like you, this seems professional. Yes, nine grand. Thank you. Like it's a weird one. Though. Like it, you know, I think when you treat yourself with respect, saying I'm worth nine grand. There you go, nine grand. And you have a poker face. <laughs> yeah. Then they're like, oh, okay, nine grand. Yeah, okay, good, nine grand. And you're like. You know what I mean? That's just the process of pricing, I think. Like every job is different. Like you never know really what what the proper number is to charge. And uh, oh yeah, I went back to the lecture I had in college who said, if you've never been told you're charging too much, you're not charging enough. You know, and that makes sense because you you're not pushing the price that you can get. Now I'm always happy to get a fair price. Like, you know, like I don't think there's any Although corporations don't let themselves get conned anyway, so whatever you're getting is probably a fair price. Mm. But um, there's people that know a lot more than me about this too, so I'm just giving from my experience up to here. Yeah, and uh, but do you think there's um, well, I mean, you've got if you say you are charging that much, your work has to back it up as well. You can't just be throwing out numbers and and like your work's crap. <laughs> like, yeah, like, no. if, like when I started out, I can't just say I'm charging a grand for my work because uh, it's it was shit so like <laughs> oh, like, like um i think it's it is important to have perspective on your work um but you need to respect it too it, that that's that fine line of being hard mm. on yourself but also being able to turn off that side and then analyze it as a as a commodity you know what i mean so yeah. you have to get somewhere with your illustration you you know what you want it to be like in three or four years or whatever and like it might be like that now but it's still further down the path than it was a year ago and someone else. It still has value. You need to, it's good to be able to change hats or whatever and then analyze it. But that, that's the hard thing about being a freelancer because you're doing marketing, invoicing, you're doing your tax return, your accounts, you have to come up with your ideas. You know, 
there's so much but you need to be constantly changing roles and uh, I don't know um, yeah just kind of maximizing your time I suppose but that is important to see that your work has value and that it's not shit like it, like it has value you know so it has value to someone I mean even even if I think back to the very first um work I was doing it was sort of cricket bats uh, stickers and, and branding for, for cricket bat companies at the time I was really big into cricket and um, yeah I, I wasn't charging anywhere near enough looking back at it um, sort of you know, 15 pounds here and there and that's yeah. like oh that's that's cringy like seeing as they, they put those stickers onto a, a bat and actually sold it for like 300 quid like, <laughs> so, wow <laughs> um, yeah. and I'm just happy that I'm, I'm still at school at this point so I'm like oh I'm happy to just take 15 pounds here and there It'll buy me a few more football stickers and stuff like that yeah yeah, like I I started getting work when I was in college so like maybe the summer of first year there was a local graphic design place and I just went in and said if you have any work I'd be happy to do some and uh, I got work there and I started I was doing their doing work there for the summer and then I worked with one of my lecturers he had a graphic design place that he worked in uh, in the summer and when he was off so I was there for a while um, and then I went back to the first place so like I was learning about pricing and you know just getting paid for your work really like um, and like all the different types of people that you meet that try and like haggle prices and you know they just try and I found that like if you just flat out refuse them they'll just kind of go oh well I tried anyways and they give up and then they pay the price mm. but um yeah, it was good learning um, when I was in college. Like, I started getting work, and I felt like I was outgrowing it, really, toward, towards the end. I was sick of doing fake projects that don't make money. You know what I mean? So I found that, like, it's probably good the way that you have got so much experience. And let's say there's someone coming out of university that studied graphic design or whatever. How you have so much more experience than them. Like, if, you, if both of you were put into a studio you'd know a lot more mm-hmm. about, about dealing with people, about uh, working in a studio, about meeting briefs and all that. And, like, they'd be just finding their feet. So you've obviously, like, stolen a march on a lot of your competitors already, like, that are coming out of colleges. So, like, there's a lot of value in that. So it's good to let that feed back into uh, what you do and, like, factor it into your pricing because you've experienced a lot of people don't. Mm. Um, it's good to sit back and reflect, I suppose, and like take stock of what you've achieved. That's why the book was important for me. Uh, I was just basically looking at seven years of work and going, oh, okay, okay, so I did a lot of this, I did a lot of that. That's where I was good at this, I wasn't good at that. Um, and I've, I think I've kind of focused a bit more in on stuff since I made it. So, you know, um, it, yeah, it, that's just important. Self-reflection leads to you getting the value of your work and you can send in healthier quotes i suppose hopefully it leads to people accepting them yeah yeah and what happens if you don't though what happens if they don't get they don't accept it and they just go quiet what do you do then uh i always like to get an email back off people just to let you know what's happening a lot of the time you don't but you get a sense you get this sense for how serious jobs are or how professional they are from just reading emails um, you always do you, you can kind of just see it the, there's no messing about people will come in with terms you're used of they know what they need and 
that's all their email is. So you go, oh, okay, this person knows exactly what they want. And they're obviously well, well versed in terms that are used within the industry. So you go, this is a serious email. Uh, the other ones, you, you can always just, it's like just having a kind of gut feeling. But um, if I do send in a price and someone doesn't get back to me, uh, I just forget them because I don't know, they could at least just email back and let you know what's happening that they're going with someone else. So, uh, yeah, I'll say it's too expensive. Sorry. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Like, but like, I always like, that's the hardest thing is to send in a quote with the price you think is fair, but to put it across in the way that gives the air that you're open to haggle on a little bit. You're able to fluctuate a bit. That's a, that's, that's a hard mm. tone to hit. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's, that's important that people know. I think the main thing clients like is that you're not taking the piss. Like, you know, like you're not trying to, cause you, you might be given a project and the client is Google or someone. So you see Google and you're like, oh, okay, I'll add 20 grand onto my quote. <laughs> Don't like, no one likes to see that because it's probably the same money. You know, it's not, there's not more money involved here just cause it's Google. It's probably the same type of job. So I think the main thing is always to respect the client not just you know just be fair and don't take the piss basically but like while also respecting the value of your own work and that's a hard balance to hit <laughs> yeah is there, is there any like videos of um uh or, or like or, or any, has anyone taught you about the best ways to value your own work and how to price it, your own work uh no the, the most useful i've always found is emailing people that are more experienced than me and yeah just same uh, here to be fair same here yeah like just they, they're not always able to, every job's different, so they can't give you the code for your job. But um, yeah, like you'll start to get a feel for how much this costs, how much that costs, and how much you should be charging for usage fees and all that. Um, but I always say like, sometimes putting the code together is the most time intensive bit of the job. Like, and it takes the most effort for me because it's like, oh, I just want to be drawn, you know, and you're putting together a PDF of, uh, variations on price on usage you know well if you use it in these regions this is the money for one year and if it's forever in these regions you know it really is uh that's i find that tiring like yeah mm, big time yeah it's yeah and yeah like you say speak to other people build this network up and and you know have this, this group of other designers that are more experienced than you and, and that will help you and not just in pricing as well i mean having friends that are designers that have much more experience than you but it's just so rewarding as well. It's so it's so so good to just go back and forth with them. Yeah. Um, okay. What else is on the list? I think that's pretty much most of it. You know. Um, uh, I've written down like logistics, but what, what do you think about uh, collaborations and uh, cross promotions? So, so I don't know. I mean, the one that comes to mind is like cross blogging or like if you're a YouTuber, or, or if you're doing like YouTube videos or podcasts and going to someone else's podcast, or even personal work, like even personal like collaborations doing work, they're still not making any money out of it straight away. Maybe you're putting it on Redbubble or maybe you're selling books or something, but what do you think about that sort of work where it's, where it's unpaid work, but it's, it's for yourself? Yeah. Um, so well, like, do you mean like the Mifa thing with Dave? Is it like that type of? Yeah, project? that's yeah, that that'll be collaboration projects. Yeah. Yeah, well, like I'll happily do that because, you know, I don't know that many people that would 
uh, ask that because like um you know like Dave is a great help and he's a friend like and the same with Scott so mm -hmm. you know like I was happy to help them with the project where they were doing books happy to because they're friends but like that that is I'd say that's not I wouldn't count that as client work because that's their passion project and um I'm just happy to help the lads because they've helped me a lot with other stuff but like you know if let's say like yeah um let's say Facebook came to me and we're like, hey, we want you to do an illustration for this book we're doing. I don't, like, they're just a faceless corporation who make crazy money and, uh, like, the nature of working in a business is you need to charge them. But, like, I wouldn't charge the lads because they're friends. But there's only so many friends. It's not like you've got thousands of friends that are, they all come and ask for free work, you know. So it doesn't put that much of a dent in your life or whatever. But my main distinction is never would I work for a corporation or a client for free. You know what I mean? Like, to, I would have that. Like, that's your personal life, I suppose, when you're helping the lads out and doing that. Mm, makes sense. Uh, and, and it was fun to be a part of that, too. Like, it's, like, you know, like, it's cool. But the other side of the coin is, like, never would I work for a, a corporation for free. Like, because there's a big, big difference there. It's just, it's just something that's come to mind. It's like, Facebook's got all of our faces, but we don't know who theirs are. I think we I think we had a good conversation here about this. I think it's uh, I hope it's helped someone. Um, it, do you want to just round it up uh, and just sort of give a little summary of of when it is okay to work for free if ever? And uh, yeah, any advice? Any extra advice? Yeah, okay. I'll I'll ramble and see do I come up with something. <laughs> um, yeah, obviously, early in your career, I can see the value of getting paid work because you're learning how to deal with clients. Like that's the value there, I, I, I think. But saying that when I was in college, I was doing work and I was charging people. I'd always send them, a, I'd always send them an invoice. And yeah. So like I did a, an advert for the paper for uh, an internet company. So I sent them in a chat, like I sent them in an invoice for 150 euros. You know, that's a lot then when you're in, first year of college or whatever and they haggled the price they tried to haggle the price where they wanted to only pay for the hour when I came up with the solution to the job <laughs> do you know what I mean <laughs> so let's say I did like let's say I was charging 15 euros an hour then let's say and I charged 10 hours they only wanted to pay for the ninth hour when I came up with the thing or the tenth hour so they wanted to pay me 15 euros I was like you wouldn't say that to a plumber and they just completely went, oh, yeah, fair enough. And they paid me. So, like, I think you always have to just take that, that one query from someone and just say no. And then they'll kind of subside and think, oh, fair enough. But I think there is people out there that will, like, will haggle for that type of thing. But as I said, the smaller jobs seem to bring out haggling. You know, 75. Oh, you'll do it for 70. That type of thing. Whereas when you progress to larger work, um, that doesn't seem to be a factor um but i do also companies take more seriously as like bigger companies tend to take people more seriously as well yeah, yeah yeah like you you made a really good point the last time we were chatting that you find you get a lot more changes with smaller jobs because mm. the people want to they, they feel like they only get value for money mm, you know exactly. they want to have more of an input it's just their natural urge like so i, I thought that that was that was a good observation um but yeah like i hope i put it across that like I just think it's important to value what you do because if you accept a job for free, 
if you like if you had then for that second said no and had the brass neck they would relent and then they would agree to your invoice or your quote and if you take that job for free uh, if you had turned it down someone else might have got the job and they might have got paid you know what i mean so i just think you perpetuate the notion that uh, creative work isn't always valid for pay which is pretty damaging to the whole industry i suppose of like like i don't know what the industry is you know like I'm, it's not like we all go to a big meeting every year but <laughs> there is there is an economy there that you need to like people need to be getting paid you know i just think it's it is pretty damaging but i will say that um i divide that from like causes like your local football team that you used to play for help them out with a poster yeah but then if someone is making big money in their corporation they need to be charged and you need to get paid that's only fair i think so that's just the two sides of it i'd see but i'm sure other people could bring other opinions to the table and broaden my mind on it and uh, I'm, I'm i'm always happy to hear other opinions and learn and listen and see there's always other points of view so yeah but that, that's what i would uh, that's what i'd believe like um that video harlan ellison that's the name of the guy in the video uh it's only like a minute and a half it's it's on youtube but that really just kind of his brashness in the way that he rebukes them saying he's not going to get paid. I really admire that. Like I, I like that. I think you need to have that bite to come back at people and go, how dare you? Like, like everyone else is getting paid. Like, I, like that's, I think you need that bite to even survive a bit in life and thrive. Like you need to have that, that people know you have that in you. It's just useful. Um, yeah, I mean, people won't walk over you and, and I won't treat you yeah. treat you badly and in all walks of life, not just uh, as a designer or creative. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, stick up for yourself. There you go. That's the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> did, did I ask? Did I ask the last questions? The last few questions on, on the end of the podcast. Did I asked that to you last time. Hey, uh, what? That one like, there? No, no, no. The other one's like the, uh, at the end of the podcast. I obviously didn't. I just didn't. All right, I'll ask them now. Okay. So uh, first of all, do you have a dream client? Uh, that you wouldn't really, do any free work for I wouldn't do free work for <laughs> but, um, a dream client let's see maybe oh yeah yeah like I've thought of this before like but the thing is I don't think my style of work suits my dream clients yeah. so maybe like I've always loved National Geographic just mm. the whole feel of National Geographic the magazine the shows you see the documentaries the guys that are taking photos I was just thinking like oh wouldn't it be cool to do something with them but i i can't see how my work would like you never know you never know but just yeah like they'd be like a dream client and maybe something for haruki murakami the author i just i i really like his books again really tasteful minimal uh weird stories about people with talking to cats and just women walking around naked and like people living in wells so uh, I don't know, does he want any drawings of uh, Ibrahimovic or whatever? <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know how they clicked, like, but, um, I, uh, go on, sorry. National Geographic have a kids, sort of kids line, don't they? They're a kids magazine. I, yeah, I think so. So you never know, but, um, like, my dream would be to be, I don't know, flown out to explore a hidden city in the jungle and <laughs> do some drawings. <laughs> so, National Geographic Island, do they have, a, do they have an Irish branch? I don't have I'd never even looked into it Mark I don't know it? but uh, <laughs> it's like um 
that's I don't know why I've just kind of they've always represented uh, I don't know like like really exciting stuff from when I was younger like they're kind of like Indiana Jones but I know it's nothing like that it's uh, but yeah yeah they, they'd be cool to just see their name on the client list would be like wow National Geographic but yeah I suppose yeah what's your best purchase under 100 pounds uh, yeah, it'd be euros wouldn't it so euros, yeah. um, euros. 120 euros uh, <laughs> not for much longer oh but. there you go these uh you know the gloves for drawing on screen ah yeah 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 yeah. yeah they're 14 euros and they change everything they, they change everything because your skin doesn't shunt you can do smoother lines mm-hmm. and there's no oil from your skin on the screen so they're 14 quid on amazon nice Ah, perfect it changes everything it really does when I was on holidays in Japan I lost it uh, on the second last day I, I couldn't believe I lost it I was like oh I turned my room upside down I still don't know where it is <laughs> so I bought a few more but yeah really good value somewhere in Japan it's just, just, just downloading glove yeah <laughs> worth fortunes <laughs> um uh, what's the questions what's the questions damn, damn I've forgotten the questions what is it? Your dream dream client, the thing under a hundred pounds. Oh, what what do you want to be remembered for? Yeah, that's uh, that's the last one. So, oh yeah, the next one is: uh, Do you have any life advice or any uh, or any uh, good values to live by? Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, there's loads of them. Loads. Um, work hard and be nice to people. That's the the main one, I suppose. Um, a good one is learning that you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Just, you know, if you can imagine it, it's possible. And that really is, uh, I don't know how it works, but sometimes it does work where you want something to happen and you just start working in a vague way towards achieving it and then it lands in your lap. I don't know why, but um, I think it's good to always have a goal, constantly have a goal, like a list. I've got a list. You probably have a list in your phone of stuff. You, well, I want to do this. I want to do that in the next six months or next year. Like, and I think when you get in the habit of knocking those things off, you're teaching yourself that they're achievable and um, you can get more daring with them. So like, you know, you can keep it, keep uh, maximizing what you want to do and keep chasing it because like I'd always wanted to visit Japan and travel around on my own for a month. And I was always, I was nervous about it. Um, but I just booked it and I just went and it's brilliant. Like, I'd love to go back, but that type of thing, putting that on my list. Yeah. I'm going to sell my house this year. Sold my house. I want to get a log cabin. I'm going to get a log cabin. I'm going to have an office in a log cabin. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Just keep chipping away at stuff because we'll be 75 before we know it, I think. And <laughs> it's important to just keep Keep a list, I think. Keep setting goals, even if they're small goals, knocking them off because they get bigger and you can, it's learning to do it. Oh yeah, and another one is, like, it's great turning people down, saying no to things is great. It's so good, I love doing it. No, 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 not interested, sorry, no thanks. I love doing that, it's just freedom. And that's that's um, with jobs. That's that's interesting, because I've done that a lot with uh, purchases this year, like buying just random stuff. I yeah. made it a point of it just saying, I don't need that. Like, just, I'm happy. I don't need that extra T-shirt yeah. or, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's good to do to do that, turning things down and just be happy with what you got as well. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I didn't know you were 74. You're getting on a bit. 
Yeah, I know. Man. I'm looking good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, lists. Yeah, lists are huge for me. Um, making yeah. making goals and progression, just moving forward always. It's um, and I've I've made so many videos about it that I've deleted and because I'm embarrassed now looking back at them. But, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I'm, I'm gonna. Uh, so I did um, uh, a self-authoring thing as well, like uh, Jordan Peterson self-authoring. Uh, program so basically you fill out what you want to do in in a year's time oh, yeah. uh, and five years time and so on but you, you really really think about it like really like why this why that and you ask you so many questions about it and even like really personal stuff like home life and like family would you know and it really does build this flesh of, of a real clear idea of what you want to do and also what you don't want to do as well so it's you've got two goals like you're a goal where you want to stay away from and a goal where you want to go to so it really gives you a good idea and um I've looked back at mine from, I think it was two years ago. Um, I did it, and I've looked back at it a couple of days ago, and I'm thinking, okay, that'd make a really good podcast episode. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna record a, a solo episode of how my thoughts were then, and how I'm reacting to it, and sort of um, how it's changed so much, and it's gone into different directions. Because that's the thing with goals as well, like five-year goals. A lot of the time, you'll realise that you, you start heading towards that way, and then, I mean, I can't. I'm only 21. I can't give life advice, but yeah, I start. <laughs> I, I realized the ones that I set, like I've, I've started going that direction and then realized it's actually, this is the right way. I don't want to go that way instead. And mm. it's gotten to me about, gotten, gotten me to a better place. Um, so yeah, it's really, it's really amazing. And especially at this time in my life where I've just got, you know, I keep banging on about it, but it's this job, um, which is a huge thing for me. And, and yeah, and I, I think it's a really good time to sort of evaluate everything and sort of have a little bit of a change. That's why Blue Did is another reason. Uh, Blue Day Design, I've changed that to Higher Range Creative because I think it's a bit more professional and also my own name and I'll be doing less freelance work probably. And it's just just a good time to change, I think. Uh, hey, but I then, think lists. Yeah, that's a massive job you've got though, isn't it? It's brilliant, like so cool. Yeah, yeah. Massive achievement, well done, like it's, it's amazing. But I think, yeah, so it's a good time to change and um, lists, yeah, lists, lists are huge for everyone, um, goals and to have goals, to have an aim in life, it's just... I can get all deep and philosophical about it, but to have an aim is uh, it's huge. It's the biggest thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. with that, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I suppose um, it's it's not something you think about, is it? Really, like yeah. you know, I, I think the nature of having goals and stuff. You know, like having goals and achieving something every day and learning things. You don't really. You're kind of focused in on. Uh, uh, making stuff happen every day so to think of that type of broad thing uh, so this is when I'm dead like is, it, is this when I'm gone like uh, yeah, yeah basically so. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ uh, <laughs> I don't know just maybe didn't take life too seriously uh, I don't really have any grand goals you know I've got like normal goals I suppose like where I want to have a nice comfortable office i want to visit japan again i want to keep traveling um i find as you said you know when you set goals and then you change path a bit you can't predict what those goals are you'll have when you change path mm -hmm. so i think just working hard and moving forward you're you know there's no point trying to figure out the future you can just stay in the present moment and keep going and you'll be like if you're on an upward uh trajectory you're heading to a good place anyway so um thinking that far ahead it wouldn't be my style but i suppose gut feeling someone that just didn't take life too seriously you know is like just making fun of things <laughs> nice yeah, yeah I don't know, something like that <laughs>
Yeah, I had a quote the other day. Which is, um, it's like the hard path's an upwards path, which is which is you're good. You're you're going you're going the right way, and then the easy path's a downward path, and you're, you're spiraling, spiraling backwards. So that's yeah, it's a nice thing. I think it's yeah, it's important. I think it's important to have this overall goal, but then it's a bit of a bit of a contradiction because you, you you do need to be focused on sort of what you're doing now. And this is why at the start of the year I set myself a goal for each a challenge for each month. And I quickly realized this year, actually, it's going to be much better for me personally if I just focus, especially with the boxing stuff happening now, it's been much better for me just focusing on fitness for the whole year. Like just I think my parts like, almost become like a, a personal trainer, a self-personal trainer for myself like, on the side, rather than trying to do 12 different challenges. I think it's going to be much better for me, my brain as well, just to try and just do that. So yeah, we're exploring that, but yeah, but having, having goals is good. Anyway, yeah, I'm rambling on. But um, thank well, you very guys, much. Uh, cheers, Mark. Thanks. But uh, I've I've found in uh, the most useful thing I do in terms of fitness, like my sister's a personal trainer, so I I'd be in the gym with her maybe two or three times a week. But I go walking every day for an hour, and it's the best thing I do. It really is, like just to get moving, and I'm not sitting at the desk, and I'm getting fresh air, and I can listen to a bit of music or a book or whatever. It's mm. just it really is a, a kind of game changer. It's lovely, good freedom. Yeah, I know a lot of uh, creatives that go for a walk. Oh, it's the best. Mm. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I encourage that. Any any exercise is good anyway. Mm, so, definitely. Nice one. Where can people find you? Buy your book, check out your work and all that. Danladen.com and you'll find everything there. <laughs> all nice. my Everything's there. There's so much links. Do you find you get more links all the time? Like Yeah, I mean, the comment, the, the description of the podcast now is just links. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like Danladen.com. If you find me interesting, you'll keep going. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Nice one. I appreciate this. It's been really good. Thank you for the opportunity. It was really good. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. What a controversial topic. Uh, fantastic episode. I think I think we really got to the bottom of it. Um, we covered a lot of the conversation behind and around the, the free work situation. And uh, yeah, if you, if you have any thoughts and comments on the situation, on, on the conversation that we had, please leave a comment down below on YouTube or a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever it's called these days. Um, yeah, we'd really appreciate that. Um, I'm certain I know a few uh, design blog, creative blogs have uh, started their own podcast now. So we're trying to battle them as well even though even though you know my, my competitive senses are going basically is what i'm trying to say uh, we need to beat at some other podcasts um especially as they're only in their first couple of episodes and we've been going for a long time now we've built up a respected audience and, and time to act on the respect that we've built up together the conversations that we've had together so yeah anyone uh, leaving a review on apple podcasts for uh, the creative for podcast would be amazing um and yeah we'll get my special appreciation and thanks there you go Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. Leave a comment, share it around. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you.